Hey, everybody. So the other day I put out an episode about, uh, of all things, the decline of Portland. If you didn't hear it, it's episode 73. And this dude from uh, Nebraska uh, wrote in and he was wondering about retiring in Portland. And I kind of let him know how the town's been overrun with homeless people and we've got lots of crime and high taxes and on and on. And then I got a listener email that, well, normally I would have just ignored because it's kind of hate mail. Well, or at least it, I'd call it dislike mail. But um, real quick, I want to address it just in case I came off too harsh in that episode. And who knows, maybe uh, listener emails are like like rats or mice, you know, if you see one of them, that means that there's a hundred more. So anyway, this gal wrote in and by the way, at the end of her message, she, uh, ended with a request that said, I'd appreciate it if you don't share my name or email address. So I'll just call her Karen. So Karen writes, your lack of compassion is very off-putting. In your episode about Portland homelessness, you seem to have no problem generalizing all homeless people as drug addicts, and you just highlight the problems but not solutions. Um, I didn't say all. I never said all. Uh, she goes on. The homeless crisis is a complex and nuanced set of issues, but you choose to paint it with a broad, mean brush. In future episodes, you will at least do your research and hopefully you can show more compassion to these people. So if I sounded mean and if you all listening to this shared her feelings that I showed a lack of compassion, let me quickly explain a couple of things. So first off, if you talk to anyone in Portland, the topic of homelessness is going to come up. Last night, uh, for example, I went to a bar uh, close to downtown at, on, on the inner east side of Portland. And by the way, if you're ever in Portland and you like shit beer on draft, check out the slow bar on Grand. They have hams on tap, which I seriously haven't seen for at least 20 years. I mean, you can go into some dives and they'll have the hams pounders in a can. But on draft, I was delighted when I saw that. So talk about a taste of my childhood. And it hasn't changed a bit, uh, unlike Rainier, which tastes totally different since they sold out to Miller. And that's extra sad to me because Rainier is really the taste of my youth. Um, and don't get me started about Henry Weinhards. Anyway, Slow Bar on Grand Avenue here in Portland has hams on tap, or at least they do right now. But in getting there, I passed like literally at least 100 tents. And I'm not exaggerating or kidding about this. The, the last time I was in that part of town was in November. And there are way more tents now, noticeably more, just six months later. It's a real problem here and it's getting worse. And I'm not just talking about it being like an eyesore or whatever. So in Karen's emails, she said, I need to show more compassion and do my research. Well, as far as compassion goes, I do feel terrible for those people. When it's cold here or when it's raining, the first thing that I think about is the thousands of people who are out in it and it's heartbreaking, seriously. And while it's not anything that I pat myself on the back for, I do occasionally throw a couple hundred bucks at the Portland Rescue Mission who God bless them, are down there helping to feed those people. Um, but you know what's really heartbreaking? It's the small minority of homeless people that really are out there because they lost their job or maybe they got sick or, or maybe they got evicted. And and then, well, what makes my stomach really turn is any veteran who's out in the streets. That breaks my heart. And that's that's a whole episode in and of, of, you know, of itself. But, but again, the people that have really fallen on hard times 
and who end up homeless, those are the people that I feel horrible for, and I have a ton of compassion for them, but those are the minority. Um, at least they are here on the West Coast. Um, I've mentioned him before, but one of the more cogent authorities on this issue is Michael Schellenberg. It's unfortunate that he's completely discredited in the eyes of 40% of the population because of politics, but like it or not, he's been on the ground, he's done the research, and the majority of our homeless population is there due to drug abuse and mental illness, full stop. Now, let's talk about compassion for a minute. So here in Oregon, we encourage drug use, plain and simple. If you're carrying meth, it's no problem. Buy it, sell it, smoke it, shoot it, enjoy yourself, uh, because we decriminalized it. Same goes for opiates and everything else. So is that compassion? What if what if people were selling specially made ball-peen hammers that made it super easy to beat yourself into unconsciousness or brain damage? And these hammers were coming into town cheaper and cheaper every year, and people are bashing themselves in the head to the point where they couldn't keep a job. Uh, you know, they committed crimes to buy themselves additional hammers. And then after they were brain damaged, mentally ill, and paranoid, they were more prone to violence and committed even more crimes. I doubt we would encourage people to buy and sell those hammers. And would we open up supervised hammering stations where under the guise of compassion, a medical professional would sit with these fuckers while they hammered themselves in the head just to make sure they didn't overhammer and kill themselves? Of course not. And that might be a dumb example. It probably is. But I can guarantee we'd be out rounding up the hammers and trying everything possible, including enacting laws to try to get those hammers off the street just out of compassion. So, uh, and if you don't think meth is a problem and one of the major underlying problems of the homeless crisis, again, I implore you, I've said it before, read the article in The Atlantic that's titled, I don't know that I would even call it meth anymore by Sam Quinones. I'll put the link in the show notes. Um, and speaking of compassion, okay, so here in Portland, we used to have a thriving, small but thriving Chinatown. We, we and, and it had restaurants that had been here for decades, and it was a full-on like dim sum scene. Okay, Chinatown also happens to be in what we call Old Town, which historically has been kind of the epicenter of our homeless population. About three years ago now, um, House of Louis, one of the restaurants that had been there forever, closed down, and the owner credited the homeless issue. He told one of our local news stations um, that over the past few years he had been dealing with increased garbage, public urination around his building, uh, and was uh, surrounded by people who drove his customers away. If you go to Chinatown today, it's gross at best and it's unsafe at worst. So again, you want to talk about compassion. What about the owners of these restaurants uh, in what used to be an iconic destination in our city? Back in the day, I remember it well. On Sunday afternoons, all the restaurants in Chinatown would be full, packed with families. Not no more. So by showing compassion and inviting people to our town to live on the streets and do drugs, we killed our Chinatown. And what about the compassion for the people who are victims of crime? You know, tax-paying responsible adults who go about their business but end up being victims of crime. Well, before the pandemic, in 2019, over 50% of Portland arrests were homeless people. I've quoted that statistic before. Back then, there could have been maybe as many as 15,000 homeless people in the Portland area. Um, that number's probably high, but think about that. In Portland, a city that held about 650,000 people back then, less than 3% of the population was responsible for 50% of the arrest. Less than 3%. 
And as long as we're talking about crime, again, we're a pretty small town, but just in the last year, we've had, uh, I think, a dozen fatal shootings involving homeless people or near homeless encampments. One more thing from a recent story I found. Let's go back to Chinatown. There's a really nice little oasis um, that they built, I don't know, maybe 20 years ago called the uh, Lansu Chinese Garden. Um, here's a quote from their director, Elizabeth Nye. Quote, three weeks ago, as our staff prepared to welcome visitors, they discovered an abandoned car parked outside of Lansu smeared with blood along the side, Nye said. She says they later learned a homeless person there was beaten to death, no doubt by another homeless person. Okay, uh, one last example about homeless people committing crimes in Portland. Um, so we've got this bike path here in town called the Springwater Trail or the Springwater Corridor. Uh, and it used to be really nice because it's like 20 miles long. It had amazing views of Mount Hood. And for the majority of this bike path, it's tree-lined and it's kind of like, uh, like a 20-mile-long park. Well, now it's home to some of the biggest homeless encampments on the West Coast, and you wouldn't want to ride your bike alone on that path, especially if you're a woman. Um, and, and yes, a 22-year-old woman got a flat tire, and for her troubles, she got raped. So a couple of years ago, a dude walking on that path got stabbed there, and thankfully at that point, we hadn't defunded the police yet because a cop showed up quick enough to put a tourniquet on the guy's arm and saved his life. And who stabbed him? Yep, a homeless guy who was high on meth and told the cops he was paranoid. He thought that dude walking along, minding his own business, was a threat. So, back to you, Karen. Next time I talk about how the homeless are affecting our city, I will try to do more research and I will try to show more compassion. But I'll tell you this. I feel a lot more compassion for the people who are innocent victims of this crisis. I feel compassion for the people, the, the, the entrepreneurs who've had to close their businesses downtown because people are afraid to go there because it's turned into such a shithole. And I feel compassion for the poor people in Portland who live in homes they purchased on the east side because they maybe couldn't afford to live in a better part of town. And now their kids can't play outside because the homeless camps in their neighborhoods or the people who had enough money to buy a house in what used to be a good part of town. But then in the park across the street, the homeless took it over. And then there was subsequent mayhem, gunshots, filth, crime, garbage 24 seven. And then the city didn't do shit about it for months. And you know who else I have compassion for? A dude named Tom Leaptrot. okay? This guy owned a business called Columbia Forge in Northeast Portland. He'd owned it for 20 years. And it had been there, the business itself had been there for 70 years. But he had to close up shop and move because, yes, it was surrounded by homeless people and it became impossible for him to do business. Leaptrot said that the place had been broken into about 50 times. Can you imagine your place of business being broken into 50 times? So do I have compassion for the fucking savages who broke into Columbia Forge 50 times, basically forcing him to bug out along with 20 local jobs? No, I really don't. And the homeless people that I do have compassion for, that minority again, who are out there because maybe they lost their job, got evicted or got sick, we don't have the resources here to help them because every day more drug addicts, dirtbags and criminals are moving here to Portland because we welcome them, we support them, we, we provide for them and we don't arrest them. But going back to my episode where I was answering Will's question, my advice not to live in Portland isn't just because of the homeless situation and high taxes. It's the fact that the people of Portland are fine with the way things are because they're compassionate, quote unquote. They vote in mayors 
and city council members who compassionately don't do shit about the problem. They read the local newspapers where the compassionate journalists hesitate to say anything negative about our homeless friends and even change their syntax to make their words more compassionate. Now it's politically incorrect to even call them homeless. The proper term now is people experiencing houselessness. The people of Portland are kind of a weird uh, and homely uh, mixture of like libertarian socialists. And by that, I mean, they believe that compassion is allowing seamless ability to use and distribute any kind of drug they want and pay for their habit consequence free by a combination of stealing bikes and catalytic converters coupled with a uh, city stipend and state EBT benefits. The people of Portland believe that a basic social contract is uncompassionate. What do I mean by that? Well, in, in most countries, if you live there, you live under at least a basic social contract wherein you're sort of expected to at least make the minimum effort to manage your shit and there will be at least some kind of social safety net if things go sideways with your life. And in most places, as part of that same social contract, if you have to steal from other members of that society to maintain your situation, it's frowned upon and there are consequences. Not so in Portland. So because Portlanders refuse to stand up and do something about the problem, which would be the real act of compassion, that's why I advise my new friend Will to look at other options. Nothing is going to change here when our voters are waterheads who keep re-electing dumb shits and wusses to office. And if that sounds uncompassionate, it's simply because I've seen Portland go from great to pretty bad and it's getting worse by the month while our residents, our elected bureaucrats, and our criminal justice system all stand by with their thumbs up their asses. Okay, so I'll do, a, uh, I'll do an episode in, let's say, six months and let you know how much worse it's gotten because it won't be getting any better. Okay, time to stop. End of rant. You've been listening to the Rogue Retirement Lounge, where sometimes we actually do talk about retirement planning and investing, and we do answer listener emails, probably in a bit too much detail. Have a great week, and I'll be back soon. Nothing in this podcast is meant to be financial, legal, or tax advice. Though there's some kick-ass information here, it's for informational purposes only. Take control of your retirement planning, but get professional counsel if you need tax, legal, or financial advice. For more content like this, join my mailing list at rogueretirementlounge.com. And if you have questions about retirement investing, entrepreneurship, business, or anything else, my email address is matt at rogueretirementlounge.com. 